Hi there. We're trying to branch out into new forms of media, so look for us every few weeks when we will launch a podcast episode along with a PDU story or opinion piece. This week's episode is about a new political party in Spain called Podemos, or We Can in English. For a long time, Spain had two big political parties, a right-wing party called PP and a left-wing party called PSOE. These parties have dominated Spanish politics for the past 30 years, with either PP or PSOE winning every general election since 1982. Until 2014, when a new party, Podemos, appeared on the scene. Podemos isn't very traditional as far as political parties go. They don't have a big TV marketing budget, and their ponytailed, plainclothes leader is a university professor. But many people in Spain are hoping that Podemos isn't like the traditional parties in other ways as well. Here's Aichani from a small town outside of Madrid called Toledo. If uh, all the things that they are saying that they are going to do are true, they are like the best political party ever. You know, they are going to finish with, with all the corruption. They are going to start again with the, all the social services that the other parties cut uh, down. Today on the show, we will look at this political party and why their emergence, if not their policies, should give us hope. I'm Emily Mendez de Leon, and you're listening to PDU's podcast. Before we begin, we have to go back about three and a half years when the streets and squares of Spain sounded something like this. Aichani, who was a student at the time, was one of the first protesters in the town of Toledo. She remembers the energy of the moment. Here's Aichani. We made uh, like a protest on the streets and we met uh, with many, many people on the squares through the internet, and, uh, Facebook, and all kinds of different ways. And we just uh, appeared there, a group of people really trust with the, this feeling and um, we just decided to stay, to stay, uh, to spend the night in the square because it's, it was like uh, if it would be the only way to keep it alive. Aichani says that eventually they set up tents, tables, organized commissions. Here's Aichani again. Uh, and everything started like a market on the square, you know, we started to to organize the movement uh, in different commissions, uh, commission for education, commission for war, uh, commission for helping other people, for everything, everything, uh, uh, every commission has like a head and he was on chair to handle everything else and to try to get some more people uh, to uh, uh, spread the ideas and spread the movement. Uh, we like uh, set a um, uh, camping 
in the middle of the square. We start uh, setting tables with food, with information, like uh, in, in Seoul, in Madrid, in Seoul Square. The same at uh, Little, you know, like in four hours game. On the other side of the country, Marti, a web professional from the small town of San Saloni, was in Barcelona at the time of the protests. What did you see there? Uh, a lot of people <laughs> and a lot of uh, ideas uh, shared by by lots of of the people and you know revolution kind of. Why were you there? Why? Uh, because I felt the same at that point. <laughs> I, I really found that the idea was great and a lot of uh, the ideas that were appearing on social networks and Facebook and Twitter, uh, it, it, yeah, it were great. Did you hear what Marti said? Revolution? Kind of. I'm not sure it was a revolution, but it was a public call for change. The protests lasted throughout the summer and into the fall but mostly things calmed down after July 2011. Achani again. It was different phases. First one, a lot of power, a lot of power. Many people was like, oh, powerful. <laughs> Later it was a little of calm down, like, okay, now nah, we are like crazy and nothing is happening. Why nothing is happening? It's not going to change, never. It's not going to change at all. But later, um, what I saw from the beginning is that just um, people knew, people realized, people heard about things, people start talking about the problems, you know. So for me, that was a change already. Uh, I, I, I knew that uh, the government wouldn't, is, is not gonna change in two days, you know. The crisis is gonna disappear, is not gonna disappear in one year. Everything that we have now is not gonna just go away in a second because two million people is going to the streets to protest, you know. That's, is, is, is not logic, logical even. It's, it, it needs time, 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 a lot of time. Just one note. The Plaza del Sol that she refers to at the end there is a reference to the protests in Madrid, Spain's capital. When I look at the manifestos of the larger groups involved in the protest, such as Democracia Real Ya and Juventud Sin Futuro, I notice that they accuse the governments and politicians. For example, Democracia Real Ya's manifesto says, In Spain, most of the political class does not even listen to us. And Joventud Sin Futuro says, The politicians of our government want to convert us into the generation without training, work, or personal dignity. This is the public call for change that Marti and Archani mentioned. But when manifestos refer to most of the political class, or the politicians of our governments, they're putting the political class and the politicians in a different category. A democracy is supposed to be a government of the people. We are all politicians. We are all the political class. And when we differentiate the politicians or the governments from ourselves, differentiate them from us, they disregard our role as political beings. Protest is only a first step towards change. But without the work that comes afterwards, protests will only become temporary news stories and manifestos will only become mementos of the fading flame of indignation. To really change things, we must all be willing to participate in these governments and political classes whose behavior so outrages us. Which is why I want to draw your attention to this guy. 
Pues entendemos que cualquier persona que quiera encabezar un proyecto que pueda servir para traducir la indignación social en poder político tiene que someterse a lo que diga la gente. That was Pablo Iglesias speaking at the presentation of Podemos in January of this year, saying, Any person who leads a social project to translate indignation into political power must listen to what the people say. Podemos launched in the beginning of 2014, and in May of this year, they won five of the 54 Spanish seats in the European Parliament. They ran on an anti-corruption, leftist platform, but their full program was much more ambitious. Their platform for the European elections included controversial measures such as lowering the retirement age to 60 and ensuring a basic salary for all Spaniards. Many of these measures, including the two I just mentioned, have been eliminated from their platform for the Spanish general election next year. However, their program, even a moderated one, calls for drastic changes. Podemos advocates transparency of accounts, the nationalization of telecommunications, energy, transport, and other industries. They want to see a restructuring of the national debt and a reorganization of the pension system. Here's Marti from the beginning of this episode on his opinion of Podemos. It seems like that they want to change things uh, around democracy and, and yeah, they, they basically are talking about involve much more people in, in political uh, decisions. So it, it seems to be super great because, uh, you know, we, we should be voting uh, more than <laughs> once per, per, for years. And it, it, yeah, it will, it will help us, at least in, in terms of democracy. But some people aren't so sure. Vicente, a recent graduate from Madrid, had this to say about Podemos. You know, I like the, not corruption, transparency, but, you know, how can we, the, how can we get it? You know, according to them, we need more state, you know, more government, more taxes. I don't like this, <laughs> you know. I think because uh, the corruption comes from, uh, from the government and the state. So I think my, my point of view is less government, less taxes, and the people with more money, they, they know what they need, not with less money. Uh, maybe more taxes for the normal companies. So I think this is not the point. That, why? That's why I don't like for them. Because, for example, in Spain, the normal companies are paying like 30% of taxes. So if they have to pay more, it's impossible, because they are already struggling, they cannot pay even more. Vicente did say that the anti-corruption agenda might be enough to convince him to vote for Podemos, even if he disagrees with their policies. I think because the, the people at the end are tired, you know, after, you know, the two governments from the last 30 years, and now we, have in a, we are in a global crisis in Spain, we have like 26% unemployment rate and it's not getting better. And, you know, after all these cases of corruption uh, in, you know, in both parties, I think we need something special, you know. At the end, maybe I can vote for them, only, you know, to punish the all two, the two political parties. Because if they stay in the government, they continue to be doing the same. If I vote Podemos and they win, maybe something changes, maybe getting better or getting worse, but something will change for sure. Here's the thing. No matter what Martí or Aichani or Vicente thinks about the policies of the party, Podemos has changed the conversation about corruption and social issues in Spain. Podemos's manifesto doesn't list demands to the king or the current politicians or traditional political parties as the protesters did. 
Podemos' manifesto is titled Make a Move, Converting Indignation into Political Change, and many Spaniards agree. National elections will be held at the end of next year, and the most recent polls show Podemos winning 25% of the vote if the general election were held today. That's only 2.7 points behind the traditional left-wing party, PSOE, and five points ahead of the traditional right-wing party, Pepe. They have been very successful in inspiring people to care about and engage with politics again, and they have done it not by calling on the government to change, but by forming a popular political party to challenge the traditional party establishment. There is a time for protest. Protesting has an important role in bringing attention to issues and expressing dissatisfaction with aspects of our democracies. But the part that comes after the protest is ultimately the most important. The lesson of Podemos is not one of revolution, but one of reform. Ultimately, it's the participation in politics after protest that leads to the most effective change. We, the people of Spain, Germany, France, Scotland, Warsaw, Budapest, Amsterdam, Europe itself, have the power to change the political practices with which we disagree. The emergence of new parties, even those with controversial ideas, to challenge traditional agendas is an incredibly encouraging sign for our democracies. If you would like to learn more about PDU, please visit our website at democraticunion.eu. Also on the site, be sure to check out Corbinian Ruger's article on Podemos. I'm Emily Mendez-Darion. Thanks for listening. <laughs>